This is Doing Good Through Food. I'm Alex Coffin and my guest today is Dr. Lily Dagama. Lily completed her PhD on the topic of incorporating consumer food waste into packaging development and is now a food waste consultant for the United Nations and an associate practitioner with the Institute of Environmental Management and Assessment. She's also known as the Food Waste Doctor and operates an online platform called the Food Waste Doctor for the discussion of food waste, its impacts and uh, tips for reducing waste in the home. She lectures on environmental new product development, environmental strategy and managing brands. Um, through her lecturing, she's learned how to explain complex concepts to audiences with differing levels of knowledge. And through her Food Waste Doctor program, she's helping to make academic research understandable and usable by the wider public. So I'm really excited to be talking to her today. And I've got loads and loads of things that I want to ask her and pick her brains about. So we're just going to jump into it. Lily, welcome to Doing Good Through Food. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me in your, <laughs> in your home. In doing the research for this, I, I delved a lot into the Food Doctor website and everything you've got on there and, and um, you know, some fantastic stories. Um, and one thing that comes across really clearly, you sort of say explicitly, you know, you were raised to be um, respectful of food. And that comes partly from your dad's side of the family, your great grandma, Lily, namesake, who mm. was very thrifty. Um, and there's that amazing story. You've got an amazing story about the children um, who were able to serve their own food, but had, if they didn't eat everything on their plate, they had to wrap it in a muslin and wrap it around their, on their tummies, which I thought was yeah. until it was gone, which I thought was a fantastic story. Yeah. <laughs> Good lesson as well. Um, what, what lessons did you get in, about food waste as a child? Like what? Um, well, I think this is something that a lot of people can relate to. I quite frequently heard the phrase, there are starving children in Africa who would kill for that. Mm. Um, and it was just something that, you know, it, there are a couple of stories that do jump out at me, but for the most part, it was just really ingrained in how we treated food and to, to understand its value. So I do, I remember at one point I, um, I burnt some toast. I must've been about nine or 10 years old and I burnt my toast and without even thinking I just threw it in the bin and went to make myself some more and then my parents saw what I had done and we had a full conversation around the bin looking at the burnt toast <laughs> about why this was completely unacceptable um and it just it really makes me laugh now because yeah. at the time I was like oh parents are so lame yeah. <laughs> and uh now I'm I'm way worse than them for lecturing people about it go around it. and lecture them yeah exactly yeah. I think you're gonna say it made you scrape it off and <laughs> And have it. Oh, um, like I think they probably love. would have done if there wasn't other icky stuff in the bin. <laughs> yeah, that would have been probably a bit much. But... Maybe just a yeah. little. Um, and I saw, I saw on Instagram, and we were talking before. You know, you've you've been to Kenya since. You know, you said you still got you've still got um, the odd family member out mm. there. But you, I don't know if it's somewhere you've been often. But did you? Like, what what did you take about food waste from? if anything, from being there. I mean, a different attitude, I guess. Yeah, I guess I just didn't see any. And that's really interesting because, to be honest, it's not something I thought about when I was there because I wasn't there as the food waste doctor. Mm. Um, I went out as a volunteer um, for a few weeks and then just staying with family for a few weeks. And um, I just, I didn't really think to look at it. But, yeah, I was I was living with a Maasai family um mm. in a tribe just north of Nairobi um and there was just never a point when food would have been wasted I I remember helping them cook uh chapatis over a little fire mm. um and anything that wasn't eaten at the end of the day would be fed to the farm animals and it was just then the farm animals would become the food um but <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. Yeah, which we can't st- do here I, I've seen you yeah. kind of reference the um the pig idea mm. which is you know something I'm really interested in as well but yeah the fact for anyone who doesn't know that you can't do that in this country no no not in Europe at all um it's illegal to feed food waste to farm animals um which is just insane and could have such an impact on the amount of food wasted um because for, for the record we don't consider food that is fed to animals waste um part of the reason being because um one of the big concerns about food waste is 
um, the greenhouse gases it emits when it's wasted. Mm. And the other part of it is we put a lot of strain on agricultural systems to grow crops to feed to food, to animals that are going to be eaten. Whereas if we're feeding them wasted food, we're kind of cutting that part out. So we're reducing the strain on the agricultural system mm. um, by feeding them the food waste. So there's so many different reasons that it would be so much better to feed wasted food. And this has really all come about as a sort of from the foot and mouth outbreak back in what was it 2000 2001 yeah yeah and i mean is that was it sort of necessary at the time do you think i, I don't i don't I, I can't say that i understand it well enough why that was brought in mm. in the first place i mean was it kind of a like a fire break that they thought needed to be there then yeah i think it was um i think it was a bit of a knee jerk reaction um and to an extent we didn't have the same research that we have now so um a since then a research panel has concluded that as long as the food waste is treated um through either heat treatment or fermentation um and it's done so in a treatment center that's separate to farms and has its own health and safety kind of standards mm -hmm. um then it's perfectly safe to feed food waste to farm animals. Whereas at the time, all we knew was food waste was being fed to animals and foot and mouth had happened. So there wasn't the same level of understanding, whereas we know that now, but it's still not being taken into account that that law isn't being repealed. Mm. One of the first things um, that really made me think it'd be brilliant to sit down and talk like this is this um, focus that you've had on the, the balance between food waste and packaging. Mm -hmm. And that is, um, you know, it's, it's the focus of your, your PhD and it's kind of and a lot of your work now. Uh, and again, you've kind of had this great story, you know, on your on your website and other as well as the the great grandma Lily story. There's this story about um, your friend who I think it was kind of like the moment where this became an issue for mm. you. Your, your friend had was over here for dinner or over with, you know, you're having dinner with a friend and they said um, essentially this pack of beef like why you know why does it have so much packaging i would buy more of it if it was wrapped in paper like a like bushes used to sort of thing and um which is a thought i think probably lots of people have had but then it sounds like you kind of took it and and actually ran with that for mm -hmm. quite a while so i was wondering what you know for for the benefit of people listening you know you, your thought was companies must be doing this for a reason like mm -hmm. this costs money why would you do it if it wasn't necessary? And then went off and investigated it. So maybe what what did what did you discover when you started looking mm. into it? Well, yeah, that was definitely the inspiration. And also um, winning an argument with my best friend was a big part of it as well. Right. So being okay. able to say, actually, this is why. <laughs> um, but yeah, That's I... That's a good motivation. Yeah, yeah I yeah, think yeah. so. <laughs> um, yeah, I had been studying packaging development for about... Well, I'd be, I'd been I'd done my masters and looked into it, and I'd started my PhD, and I knew I was doing it in packaging development, but I couldn't find a subject within packaging development that I thought this is what I want to read about for four to five years. Mm. Um, were, were you when you say packaging development? Did it have a sort of like historical focus, or was this about kind of developing packaging? as a practice you yeah know, you know, right current packaging development yeah, yeah. um so in terms of I, I look my my research is all business focused so how businesses are managing things why they do things certain ways mm. um so the historic focus of it was um you know how are how are they managing packaging development what add value does it add um there's a lot of research in that area mm. um so when I started to read about food packaging something that just really surprised me. One of I, I think I just got really lucky because one of the first articles that I found um, reviewed the environmental balance between food and packaging waste. Mm. And um, there were a couple of different stats from it that really just shocked me. Um, they looked at four different food items and they looked at the isolated environmental impact of the food, mm -hmm. the isolated impact of the packaging, and what impacts they have when you combine them and consider mm. the role that packaging plays in reducing food waste. 
And when they looked at that, they found that because of how high the environmental impact of products such as cheese were, Mm. you could actually increase the impact of the packaging by up to 13 times, provided it gave just a 5% reduction in food waste. 5% reduction in food waste, and they they could be 13 times more not wasteful, but they could use that much more packaging and, and it would still be a kind of net Yeah, balance. kind of. So it's not really increasing the actual packaging itself. It's increasing the global warming potential of the packaging Okay. Um, or the energy used to create the packaging. Right. So it's not really a weight type mm. analysis. Um, but yeah, it's looking at the actual the environmental impacts and how much you can increase those. Okay. Is that an average kind of a figure? I take it some things are more and less. Yeah, the 13 of... times was for cheese specifically. Right. Um, beef was seven times okay. as much um, for the packaging. And then there were other products they reviewed that were less. So this is where the balance kind of comes into it because mm. they also looked at ketchup and found that because there is such low global warming potential and energy use Hmm. um, used to create ketchup, there was no wiggle room with the packaging. You couldn't increase its impact at all um, without worsening the whole product packaging combination. Right. So what would the the approach be then for something like ketchup or something approaching it that had, you know, very little um, impact on the actual production side and the packaging could potentially be very harmful particularly if it's sort of single-use type of a plastic mm. well how do people try to tackle that i mean is it kind of bigger packages dispensing stuff into your own containers that kind of thing or? yeah that's definitely something that you could look into mm. um it's i think <clears throat> with information like that the key thing is it's it's going to it's going to be different depending on the organization, depending on the process Mm. they use, depending on where they get their tomatoes from. But this information is an average to take and to apply to ideas that you have. So Mm. if, for example, an organization is thinking about producing single serve sachets of of ketchup, you'd kind of go, there's no real environmental gain to that. Whereas um, saying we're thinking about producing single serve blocks of cheese, that's an idea you go, okay, that might be environmentally valid. Um, because the wastage of cheese is, yeah. is so environmentally damaging. Exactly, yeah. I suppose I had, without looking into it really at all, assumed that beef is the kind of, is the big bad wolf among mm. all, of, all of these things. Or certainly I've kind of had that impression. But cheese is nearly twice as bad by the sound of it. Why? Why is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a, There's a couple of different things. So... Um, First is the fact that both are equally bad in terms of um, the the cows are the big thing with it. So when methane, uh, yeah, so right. methane partly that's that's a huge part of it. Yeah. Um, and then there's the feed for them. So they're fed quite a lot on soy and cereal. So you've got to consider the fact that you're cutting down rainforests to grow soy, causing um, you know, species extinction or endangerment. Mm. Um, The energy used to grow the cereal, the water used to grow the cereal, all Mm. these different things that go in just to feeding the cows. So whether they're a a dairy cattle or or meat cattle, that's that's going to be the same. Yeah, exactly. Then you take into account the fact that dairy is... um, how much they can produce is limited. Yeah. So they've probably got to have twice as many cows to make that so possible. Kind of in a, yeah, in yeah. addition, okay. Um, then the water consumption when you are making dairy um, mm. is really high in water consumption. I posted something um, this week about this actually, and I think the approximate water consumption was um, 1,050 litres of water to make one litre of milk. Um, yeah, so it's yeah. really tying up fresh water supplies. Mm. Um, and then you add on to all of that, you've got the milk, and then the amount of energy it takes to actually turn that milk into cheese is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got all the kind of inputs that you would have with beef farms, plus... Plus a load more. Yeah, exactly. Just stay on the packaging, perhaps, you know, more generally for a minute, the... Why, why was it introduced in the first place? If that's, I don't know if that's a silly question or was it purely about controlling food waste or do you think it was more sort of driven by 
commercial concerns of um, producers or does I mean does that I don't know if that even matters mm. but where, where what kind of drove that where did they where did that all when did it start even I don't I don't Ooh. know um, I couldn't tell questions. you when it started. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, little cavemen wrapping this, things up in leaves. I guess with this, this kind of, um, you know, that picture that your friend painted of like, yeah. you know, the old school butchers. It's like, I mean, they, they still exist, but that kind of supermarket packaged approach. Mm. I mean, that that is, is it, is, is it in our lifetimes, our parents' lifetimes? I, um, I don't really know. It's It depends on what you would even class as packaging, because I think... Essentially, what we're talking about when we talk about packaging is something that protects the product. Mm. That is the core function of packaging, Mm -hmm. to protect it from, when you think about food, you're thinking about bacterial infection, uh, mechanical issues, so it getting crushed or shaken, broken, um, and things like oxygen, which speed the spoiling process with food. So if you think about packaging as just that, even wrapping it in brown paper is a form of packaging. Sure. Um, and I think when you look at it from that perspective, packaging was introduced to protect the product. Mm. It's It has become something that's used for numerous other reasons, including advertising mm-hmm. um, and identifying brands and things like that. Um, but its core focus is still protection and um, to an extent, containment. So, this is something that a lot of people don't take into consideration. Without packaging, a lot of products would be unusable. So, hairspray right. <laughs> wouldn't exist without its packaging. Chasing it around. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously, there are different ways of containing things like milk and soup, and and you can look at it from there are, there are different ways we could approach it but it's always going to need a form of packaging mm-hmm. um which is something that i try and explain to people to shift this mindset of all packaging is evil which is sort of having a moment i think at the moment oh, is, yes. <laughs> is um the waitrose trial of of packaging free or you know reduced packaging got quite a lot of headlines recently and there are things initiatives like the clean kilo i think it is in Birmingham, you know, a supermarket that is it's sort of focused more on dry goods and things like that mm-hmm. and dispensing, you know, coming in with your own packages, that kind of thing. And I, I, that's somebody I've looked at for a while as well. But it's definitely something that seems to be having a, a moment. <clears throat> but there has to be packaging, surely, to get things to that point. You know, mm. within the supply chain, there's, there's got to be packaging. You would think so you can't, otherwise you can't get the food yeah. to the store in the first place. So, I mean, is it is it a good place to be focusing, trying to reduce packaging, as we are at the minute or do you think it's sort of um maybe it's even bad or dangerous if people don't actually understand what role it plays i think it's both um i think it's brilliant that we are fighting so hard for a reduction in in plastic pollution um i think in the same way we've become really used to using things like straws um, mm. without thinking about their impacts. It's it's similar in food waste that we waste a lot of food without really thinking mm-hmm. about what we're doing and what its impact is. Um, so the idea that we're looking at the way we behave in this manner and going, we want to do better. I think that's absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um but there is, to an extent, a risk of the same with with the pig idea. The knee-jerk reaction to um, foot and mouth was to ban all food waste from being fed to farm animals. And all right. we've done is remove one issue and create another. We, we've increased the amount of food waste that is being incinerated or sent to landfill. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same here. I think there is definitely areas where we can reduce packaging. And we can look into doing that. But the public has so much power. And if they keep calling for the reduction or removal of food packaging, Mm. there's the risk that it will happen and it will increase food waste. Um, And again, all we're doing at that point is removing one environmental harm and causing another. Mm. Um, Are are there... Alternative, so maybe looking more at the packaging side of it, you know, plastic is something people are very focused on. Are there 
sort of viable alternatives that are less polluting that, that have the same protections the same sort of benefits that that plastic does i mean the, the sort of same same ability to limit food waste um currently not to my knowledge uh there is a lot of focus on biodegradable packaging mm-hmm. um but there's a couple of issues with that um first of all it's by its nature biodegradable packaging um starts to break down as soon as it comes into contact with oxygen and moisture right and food contains moisture and yeah. the, the world contains oxygen so as soon as that food's added to it it mm-hmm. starts to break down and essentially you're in a race to try and get that food to the consumer and have it eaten before the packaging is useless mm. but between a and z it's getting less and less effective at protecting the food products mm. oxygen is getting to it it's spoiling quicker bacteria can get to it um and then the second issue with biodegradable packaging is the fact that most packaging ends up either in landfill or incineration mm. incineration there's no value to biodegradable packaging right. and in landfill there's actually pretty much the same zero value to it because it can't get the things that it needs, like oxygen and, and moisture, to start breaking down. Right. So it just, it sits, just sits in the same way. Exactly. Um, the so other... I suppose the only the only argument is that if it gets into the food, you know, if it gets out of landfill in some sort yeah. of way, if it's just littered, for example, it will break down at yeah. some point. So that, but that's really the only yeah benefit, I guess. There is value to that, but honestly, I feel like that's more of an issue with people than with packaging packaging doesn't end up in the ocean on its own it doesn't walk in there that's true and it doesn't end up being left on beaches and left in parks and yeah there is an infrastructure that is failing if that is the case that packaging is ending up in the ocean Mm -hmm. so if packaging is um is is sort of one big side of it and the other side is is food what are those things that sort of require less packaging so if if eating certain things is always going to require fairly significant packaging to make them um not safe but you know to limit food waste to a sort of an acceptable level if that's the right way Mm. to put it um what are those foods that require less packaging or no packaging i mean is it it as obvious as as that are there um, obvious things that you can sort of focus on eating more, perhaps, if you want to have a, an impact on all of this stuff? Well, meat and dairy have some of the highest environmental impacts and they are the easiest to spoil in terms of um, bacteria and oxygen getting to them. Right. Um, so that's something that people can focus on cutting back on um, mm. or just buying what you need on the day that you need it. If you do want to go packaging free... Um, the, one of the things that packaging does allow us is the lifestyles that we have now. Mm. So there are fewer stay-at-home spouses. There are We're working longer hours. We want to be able to spend time with our family, go to the gym, go to work, do all these different things we love. And that means mm. that we're doing weekly or fortnightly shops. And packaging allows us that. Mm. So when it comes to what foods we can cut back on packaging on, it depends on what lifestyle we want, really. Um, so fruit and veg does have a lower impact, but it's one of the most wasted foods in Britain. Because people think it's it's okay to waste it, so you or just they overbuy. I like I think it's that. a bit of both. I I yeah. think this is something I talk about quite a lot. People still think vegetables as that yucky thing that we're supposed to eat. I think you said that was how you. You had a child's mentality or yes. something like that. I can't remember how you put it, but yeah, yeah, it was really, yeah, until I think that's not unusual. Yeah. I think people do think that, yeah. And it was when I first started getting into kind of experimenting more with food and I realised mm. how delicious you can make vegetables. I've, I've talked to other people about this, that on here is, you know, this sort of this idea that children don't like broccoli. So mm. they, they do if you cook it, like you cook it, you know, sort of do something with it. Yeah. It's just, we kind of grow up with... Boiled properly. Stuff that's boiled Which is to horrible. Death. Yeah, it's just kind of mushy. Yeah. And, mm. Oh, actually, that does remind me. When I was in Kenya, I. Um, so when I was staying with the Maasai family, I did a day trip into the local city mm. um, to meet up with a couple of volunteers. And while I was there, 
I there was a supermarket there and mm-hmm. I chatted to the Maasai family about the foods that they liked and they ate and they asked me what I ate in England and I talked about all these different vegetables mm. and they'd never had a broccoli. <clears throat> Okay. Um, so when I was in the supermarket and I saw some, I decided to buy it and take it back and, yeah. and cook it for them. And the adults were all really fascinated and decided to try it. And there was this really sweet little boy junior and he took a mouthful of it and his whole face just fell and oh, he just no. burst out crying. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just the best reaction to broccoli I have ever seen in my life. It's extreme. Yeah. yeah, but that was because I didn't have access to anything other than a pot and water. So I just boiled <laughs> it. Um, oh. But yeah, completely off subject. I just thought that was so sweet and so funny. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not just here. But no, you're you're completely right. And we can make vegetables delicious and we can we can make them something that we want to eat rather than wasting them. Um, but we need to be more experimental with them and add things like herbs to them. Um, and we also need to acknowledge that they do have short shelf lives. So mm. that's that's where the packaging comes into it. An example I hear all the time is cucumber has a natural skin. Why do we need um, packaging mm. on it? But that packaging takes a cucumber's two-day shelf life and extends it to two weeks. Mm. And I can't remember the last time I bought a cucumber and ate it within two days. Nope. So no. it's it's that kind of thing that it's... Uh, it, the environmental argument for it is very difficult because as long as it's contributing to a food waste and reduction... Uh, sorry, mm. a reduction in food waste, mm-hmm. it's it has some value. Yeah, I mean, one, one of the things I've heard... Um, mentioned I don't know if it's kind of slightly off topic but it's sort of around uh, sort of used by dates or best before dates on vegetables and things are uh, shouldn't be there you know mm. a number of people I've talked to have sort of said well I mean I haven't really talked around the packaging aspect so much of it but just used by due dates on um on vegetables you should sort of really could be removed and that mm-hmm. would do a lot I at a stroke agree. so just you know if it's good if it's okay you eat it if it's not don't yeah I yeah I completely agree I do wonder if there would be any backlash with people um seeing a slightly squishy tomato or something and just throwing it away instead of yeah I mean it might work the other way I think some maybe sometimes people think oh well it's probably still good it's in date yeah yeah I I don't know I haven't honestly come across any research that examines the kind of alternative perspective Mm. there is a lot that does say the confusion with date labels is definitely contributing to food waste. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that the other side's really been examined as much. Um, the other side of your um, study of your of your work um, is, is sort of helping organisations improve their their kind of work their practices around food waste. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what what kind of organisations do you work with? Uh, so, so far, it's mainly focused on packaging manufacturers. Okay. Um, I would like to do more work with the big food brands. So um, things like Unilever and Mars um, really integrate in, in their companies a culture of not just food waste reduction, but proactivity when it mm. comes to sustainability issues. Um, that was something that came out of my research that organizations tend to be quite reactive to the demands of their stakeholders which is Mm. completely understandable um but the problem with that is right now so many different pressures are on them to reduce their packaging waste Mm -hmm. um that they are focusing so much on that to the neglect of food waste almost to the detriment of food waste um so that's the bad headline that they just yeah, driving it, I suppose. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, in my research, I looked at um, a, quite a few different cases where organisations were trying to develop packaging that would reduce consumer food waste. Mm-hmm. And the things that stopped them or that killed the projects or that ended up causing the food waste aspect being reduced in favour of packaging waste reduction mm. um, was things like consumers disliking the increased amount of packaging. Mm. Um, the taxation on an increased amount of packaging. Um, retailers who were scared that by listing a product that had more packaging on it, consumers would keep protesting. Mm. Um, so there were all these different pressures on them. And when they tried to do something about food waste, more often than not, they ended up kind of halfway through the project going, oh, it's 
too expensive or consumers mm. don't want it or we're going to face so much stick for yeah. for doing this like why would we keep going with it is well and is there a kind of cost element <clears throat> in there as well i guess you know they food producers have to buy shelf space essentially so mm. if they're kind of looking at a bigger package that would reduce food waste it might cost them more to get it into shops i mean yeah. so um so to an extent cost was definitely a factor yeah. as, as it always is going to be in business yeah um but what we found was that when they were able to find a market opportunity that benefited the case that they were able to overcome any issues with cost Mm -hmm. so um one of the examples we looked at was um cakes a company had been selling cakes and it was five little slices of cake in a plastic tray and then the whole tray was shrink wrapped and put in a box Mm-hmm. Um, and they were getting feedback from customers saying, um, we're having a slice of cake and then a couple of days later they're coming back for another one and all the cake's stale. Mm. And they had this big chat in their R&D department and they kind of discussed how um, we've moved on from the traditional style of 4pm, you sit down on a Sunday with your family and you have a, a slice of cake and a cup of tea. Yeah. And people don't do that as much anymore. We want a slice of cake for our lunchbox or we want one just while we're on the run and yeah. that kind of thing. Um, so they started trying to develop new packaging for their cakes and they mm-hmm. decided that the best way to protect the cake and give the customers what they were asking for was to put each cake in an individual piece of wrapping. Yeah. Um, and initially they were really unsure about this project they were concerned about the consumer reactions Mm -hmm. and especially the retailers when they were adding such a large amount of packaging to the product um but they ended up doing market testing and finding that consumers loved it because it was so much more convenient it reduced the waste so Mm -hmm. consumers didn't feel ripped off that they were buying five slices of cakes and only getting one yeah sure um and they were able to have it on the go as a snack it was just it provided so many different benefits that despite Mm. the fact it increased the size of the packaging it increased the cost they had to invest in all new machinery um it was so successful on the market because Mm. of all those different benefits that it gave consumers and almost as an aside it reduced food waste Mm. and i imagine that was quite significant in something very processed like cake you know there's, there's a lot of Oh, energy and yeah, so it's got milk yeah. and eggs and yeah. Yeah, I mean, is it a harder sell for something that's kind of a like a pure ingredient? You know, if you just got meat, for example, because there isn't a convenience like you're not. It's not kind of meat for your lunchbox in a portion. You know, you're you're buying mm. something for use in the home. Is is there a difference there? Yes, yeah. definitely. Um, split packs used to be a huge thing and Mm. were brilliant in reducing food waste Mm. um you're protecting the products that you're not using from oxidizing um whilst being able to use the part that you want now Mm. um and consumers weren't buying them um and there was apparently there was a perception that it was a lack of value um and that it added to the packaging unnecessarily so they Mm. might as well just buy the bigger packs of chicken Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it is reducing food waste by having that separate barrier there and and giving you more time before you have to use that product. Mm-hmm. And a big part of what you're doing with as as you know with your food waste doctor hat on is kind of about consumer home waste mm-hmm. is, is this focus there. So if you're um, other, you know academic prof- professional side is more focused on helping businesses. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like that's the public facing part of it yeah Wait, i mean what do you what what do you see as the big issues that cause it because i mean you 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 make you kind of put it very clearly in your website the scale of the issue you know if you aggregate look at the country as a whole I, the figure isn't coming to mind but it's the majority of food waste in the uk happens oh, in the home and i've heard that yeah 7.3 million tons of food waste comes from consumer homes yeah which is shocking when you think about it, it you know it's gone the whole way through the process you know through all of those supply chains everything it takes to yeah. get there and then into the bin for you know and I, mean, I think i think i've heard something like is it a third so it's certainly more than a quarter of of yeah. everything bought goes into the bin which is you know if you talk to my great grandma lily would have 
would have found pretty oh, shocking. Yeah, you know, like my grandparents would have, well, just would have found it hard to comprehend. Probably mm. that sort of that, that that was even possible. You know, like why why does it happen? What what do you see as the big reasons that the key things, if there are any, you know, that, oh, what, what so drive many. it? <laughs> well, I mean, what uh, what comes to mind? Um, first of all, we don't understand the impact of it. It's very hard to change behavior when we don't see the issue with it. And I didn't know about the environmental impacts of food waste until I started studying it for my PhD. Mm. And that is mind boggling to me because food waste is just behind road traffic emissions in terms of the amount of greenhouse gases it causes. Mm. And we're not taught that in school. We, we're taught about global warming and greenhouse gases and stuff, but all of the memories I have of that are pictures of cars mm. and being told to, you know, take the bus or use a bike as much as possible. Yeah. Um, but food waste is a massive impact on that and we're just not taught it. Um, something I hear loads from people when I start to talk to them about this is, but it's biodegradable mm. um, or, but it's natural. And people just think because food is natural and occurs naturally and grows, it's fine that it would happen in nature and that means it doesn't have an impact, but it it's not the case. You know, I, I, I kind of worked in the um, food industry, you know, not, not the production side, but kind of serving of food for most of my career, you know, in restaurants and pubs and that sort of thing. And I, I didn't until relatively recently I hadn't really kind of appreciated that you know the the greenhouse gases mm. that are produced when food goes to landfill you know if it if it doesn't separate from from everything else what what that causes I mean is mm. that was that that was a shock to you to find out absolutely yeah um one of the stats that I use in my research um was a, a study in China found that one ton of food waste that ends up in landfill creates 1,010 kilograms of CO2 equivalent. Um, and I used that figure and, and plugged it into the um, Environmental Protection Agency's CO2 equivalency calculator mm. and found out that that's the equivalent of driving the length of England from Land's End to the very tip of Scotland three times. Wow. And that's one tonne of food waste. And in consumer homes, we're creating 7.3 million tonnes. These figures it can be very hard to sort of absorb this isn't it when yeah. you kind of you know the scale of all these things when you talk about football stadiums full of you know rotting cabbages and things like that mm -hmm. it's, it's, people try to sort of paint it in ways that you can appreciate that you can actually kind of um, absorb but it's it's difficult you know yeah 7.3 million tons you know seven i mean th 20 something million journeys up and down the country yeah yeah, that's that is enormous. Mm. So people don't realise what the impact is. Um, yeah. what, what are the things that you think they're doing that are driving it? I think it's just a, so it's partly we're all human. We mm. can plan to the greatest degree and then realise that we forgot we have dinner plans with friends and we're going out for dinner on Thursday and mm. we've already bought all the stuff for dinner every night that week. Um, there's the other aspect of takeout has never been so accessible before. Yeah, and delivery is, yeah. is and everywhere. Again, we're human. It's completely understandable that after a really long day, when, as I said, there's there's not really stay-at-home spouses to the same extent anymore. You both come home from work. You're exhausted. You've both had long days. It's completely understandable that you go, oh, sod it, just eat. Mm. Um, but when things like that start to mount up and the food's staying in the fridge and, and you're, you don't really think about it because you don't think about the impact uh, it's, it's having, mm. it's, it's kind of a knock-on effect. And then you add into the fact that we don't really know how to just take whatever we have or we don't know how to store it correctly. Mm. Um, so if, for instance, we have a bad week here where we've bought all the food that we need for Monday to Sunday and then we end up going out for dinner with friends, um, kind of on the spur of the moment, or we end up ordering a takeout or something because we're just too tired to cook. What we can do is take whatever's in the fridge, chop it all up and turn it into a curry. And then we can have however many portions we know we'll be able to eat before it starts to turn there, mm. ready in the fridge. 
and the rest can go in the freezer. And that means the next time we have a really long day and we don't feel like cooking, mm. we can just pull those out and let them defrost rather than ordering takeout. Because we talked a lot about this this food waste versus packaging and that's, that that is... Um, that the packaging is necessary to a degree to limit the food waste mm-hmm. and that there is this sort of tipping point and you know you discuss where that is for different things but that there is this trade-off certain packaging is is required and packaging is definitely going to be required in the supply chain to get things to a point mm-hmm. you know where they can be purchased but if they're then purchased with limited or little packaging perhaps and frozen or stored differently would that be a way of could that packaging be eliminated if you're freezing properly at home? I think that freezing could definitely play a role in that. Um, the thing about it is it adds a whole another environmental layer, which... Well, I think is, that's the other question. Yeah. Like, is, is the environmental impact of freezing better at it's work? I mean, is that like a whole huge discussion? It is or? a whole huge discussion. This is just this is such a great, an exa- um, a great example of how complicated it is for mm. businesses when they try and act environmentally and yeah. they go okay we want to tackle packaging waste and then I go hang on a second what about food waste and then someone goes wait what about the energy for freezing and mm. it's a Jenga tower yeah um and yeah so when you when you think about the idea of removing packaging and um just freezing products instead what you then have to look at is the energy required because mm. that produce would have to be frozen essentially from farm to, fr- to freezer at the yeah. consumer home. So you're gonna have to get refrigerate, uh, frozen trucks. Um, you have to increase the energy in the supermarket to f- keep it frozen there. You've got the whole health and safety issues of um, having produce that's frozen um, and transported. It, yeah. yeah, and at the end of the day, will you even be able to do it without packaging anyway? Because, I mean, I don't know about you, have you ever frozen chicken breasts and then tried to get one, just one off? <laughs> I, I have. And so if, if I do it, I, or when I, I quite often portion fish and freeze them mm. and I use a little bit of um, baking paper, usually mm. between them, which always is kind of another thing. Another, but I kind of yeah. tend to think, well, that's a, because otherwise you can't, yeah. you can't get them apart without defrosting the whole thing. So exactly. It's, and it's that kind of thing that if you think about that on a much grander scale, mm. as organisations would have to, is it still just having packaging with a different face? I don't know. I mean, I know that in catering, if you if you blast chill things, I think I think the issue with freezing things at home and then you know is that they freeze slowly and and mm. then you can't take them then and they can freeze together. But if you cook and then freeze in a blast chiller, they things are sort of frozen individually and mm-hmm. you can separate them in that way. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of. I don't know if that's if they could be frozen yeah. at scale and then and then the packaging packaged in larger amounts and transported mm. i i don't know yeah it's just it's it's really complicated and the thing that just pops yes. into my head as well is this idea of single frozen chicken breasts and the idea that people have touched loads of them mm. that that because like at least with an apple you, you if you're buying it loose mm. you can just wash it yeah yeah you don't you wouldn't want a sort of a bucket of frozen chicken breasts no. that people have fish through to get the the one one. they want yeah yeah Yeah, that's not appealing no no um but with the freezer thing actually um you mentioned earlier about how many different things it can be used for and and how people don't really Mm. know and i i think just to jump on that point um i do think that that's a huge thing um in terms of with fruit and veg a lot of people don't realize things can be frozen so mm. you can chop courgettes and fro- freeze them and then they can go in soups or ratatouille or things like that yeah um and that's actually i'm doing a campaign on the food waste doctor called the freezer isn't just for pizza mm. and it's, <laughs> it's good to know it's yeah. just it's such a mentality of the freezer is for processed frozen food it's for frozen pies, frozen, frozen pizzas, yeah. frozen chips, things mm-hmm. like that. And it's not. It can be used for the things that you make to preserve them and make them last longer. I think things like vegetables, that's... I think, yeah, I don't know. People don't... You don't think to freeze them yourself. But mm. I know my my great uncle uh, is a mad keen gardener and grows, you know... Um, he's got enough food for years. You know, he's, he grows so much more than he can he could possibly eat but it's all chopped frozen you know sort of briefly 
cooked and then and then frozen and that's and then used when he wants it all through the winter growing your own things i mean that that has a, a sort of part to play perhaps mm. i see you are it's something you're experimenting with yes not going successful. too bad well, so I was gonna say, far. very successfully yeah. it's kind of uh, <laughs> it's a lot of stuff looking pretty healthy out there they look alive they, do, they look alive pretty they happy do. with that yeah. as you can tell from the orchid it's it's not a natural talent for gardening <laughs> <laughs> they're just yeah because there was there was no flower. There is a there sad, no there sad was, looking orchid. See where there was there was an orchid. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just leaves now. I have one that's halfway, it's just, halfway to that. Just at the I minute. don't have a green thumb. I'm definitely better in the kitchen than well, in this, the garden. This, well, but it looks like vegetable gardening might be the thing. I think my other half could take a lot of credit for that. Okay, <laughs> that's fair enough. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I mean that's but that's another kind of element. If you if you can kind of grow even in a box your own things and I mean you can kind of use them as they're, as they're ready and there's I think there's a lot to learn there it's something I've kind of say dabbled with I've done mm. done bits and pieces of but getting past that thing of everything being ready all at once I think having yes. stuff and a yeah. freezer would probably be a big yeah, part definitely. of that so if, you know if you do grow stuff things are going to be ready when they're ready yeah. so you can fill up your freezer mm. and I would I'd say to anybody who's interested in growing anything um, the first thing I would say is grow your own herbs because mm. that even I can't screw that up. Yeah. Um, we literally just planted some and they've gone crazy. And it's so easy to make whatever you have in your fridge into something mm. delicious if you have a great range of fresh herbs. And it's just so easy to just pop out. You can have them in a garden, in a window box. You yeah. don't have to have a big garden to do it. Yeah. Um, and I just think I think it's the best place to I know, start. I think the fact that you can kind of um, they call it cut and come again, but you know, literally mm-hmm. just use it as you want and it keeps growing. I mean, that's it's sort of it, that's a good. I think you're right. Good place to start Definitely. because you kind of you don't have to really overthink it. You just yeah. when you want it, go and use it. Yeah, and hey, if mm. if anybody does want to have a go at growing vegetables, even if you're like me and don't have a particularly green thumb, mm. I honestly think that the process you go through with it and caring for them and it just it it does make you appreciate food even more. I started doing it. I've got a, a son who's about to turn five, and he's um, sort of doing it the last couple of years with him, and and that's been awesome. I don't know if you know people listening might have kids to do it with but he was mm. I'd, I'd rarely known him more engaged with doing something just the kind of like the process of put a planting a seed and kind of Aww. watching it come out and like you keep but they really get it like and I think that's that's pretty not usual you know like pretty mm. standard response like kids kids like to grow stuff and kind yeah. of dig and and learn it all I think that's such a great place to start. We've spoken a bit about education and how mm. it needs to address food waste, but part of it is teaching kids how to value food and, and know where it comes from. And and if you mm. grow up understanding how difficult it is to you know grow a carrot, mm. hopefully you'll be more reluctant to waste it as an adult. Yeah, I think, well, I think it's got to start there, hasn't it? Sort mm. of, yeah. Um, one of the other things that you've taught, or at least written about on, on your blog, was food waste in restaurants. So they kind of, you know, you, you, you work with the um, producer side of it and, and kind of on consumer food waste. But you wrote about food waste in restaurants. And I was, is that something that I've kind of talked about a lot and something obviously I've kind of been involved in kind of hands on? That's, that's sort of my career and my background but I was, I was really interested in your take on it was sort of what you can do as a consumer in mm. a food restaurant in, in a restaurant to limit food waste so and um I was just going to sort of pick your brains about some of that but I one of the things that um because I'm, I'm always usually coming at it from the perspective of like an operator you know how to reduce your food waste as yeah. a as a kind of element of your business or you know just a, a thing you should be doing what would you advise people to do you know if they if they want to avoid wasting food mm. when they go out as well what do you what do you recommend they do um well it's uh, there's a couple of different things I guess um I think one of the things I advised was to not be embarrassed to ask for a smaller portion and to mm. not feel like you're being cheated by doing so um mm. you don't save money by asking for a normal portion and then leaving half of it or a quarter of it on your plate. Mm -hmm. It costs you the same amount and it costs the environment even more. 
So um, I think that we live in such a, a great time of consumers asking for things that they know to be ethical and to be right. Um, great time to be an environmentalist, horrible time to be a waiter. Mm. Um, just the the amount of people asking for, you know, no straw please. And I think that's amazing and it's mm. so great. And um, if we can do that, we, we can say, I only want a small portion. Um, so I think that's a great first step to take. Mm. Um, another thing is, is be conscious of yourself as a consumer. Um, think about your appetite and you know what you've eaten that day how much you think you're reasonably going to be able to eat mm. we look at dining out as a luxury experience and it's lovely and it's so great to to go out and to splurge and and pamper ourselves a bit mm. but we can still do that ethically and um consume responsibly um so i know that i have a pathetic appetite <laughs> so i will always look at the starters and the dessert menu at the beginning right. and I will pick one because I know I'm not going to be able to have both mm -hmm. um I would waste it if I did and depending on what they've got on the menu I'll decide whether I want a starter or a dessert yeah um also take my other half with you because that's so much easier to reduce food waste I'll, if I can't finish half my meal I just kind of slide it across the table and it's vanished in Everyone's 15 seconds yeah. yeah um Tupperware that's right. a good one that the zero zero um, waste, zero packaging movement has mm -hmm. made more normal carrying Tupperware in your bag with you. So if you don't finish, no matter how small the amount that you don't finish is, it can be mm. worked into something. That's well, One of the things I was going to ask you about was doggy bags, because it's mm -hmm. something you've mentioned. But so, yeah, bring it. I don't think I've ever heard that as an idea and I can't imagine why. Bringing your own stuff to so your yeah. own your own kind of doggy bag. There's definitely a bit of a hesitation, I think, some some awkwardness, you know, around asking oh, for yeah. that. For you know, could you wrap that up for me to take away, please? And if you bring your own, I guess that's gone. Yeah, I I can see people feeling awkward with it either way. Um, mm. I think part of that is it's just what we see as normal. Mm. Awkwardness is just you know when we we're not used to something and. I think the movement towards zero waste is going to going to make it more normal. It's going to make it more comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, and to try and act as environmentally and ethically as possible, we are going to have to push ourselves into yeah. kind of unknown territory um, and start to do things that we feel a bit awkward about to initially to try and change how big our impacts are mm -hmm. and it's it's just a it's a small price of kind of a minute of awkwardness where you kind of reach into your bag pull your tupper out and go can i have this to take away please <laughs> um compared to you know the degradation of the planet not to sound really dramatic well yeah i guess if the pain you know if, if that that outweighs it enough which it, it should did you ever get to the bottom of what the issue is with doggy bags in italy no, apparently it's just a cultural thing. Um, it's nobody could really tell me why. You just don't do it. You just don't do it. It's really interesting. It is because they got a they have a a culture of not wasting food as well. I think they call it aranjasi, isn't it? Something mm. like that. They kind of like this art of making the most of what you have. You mm -hmm. know, and a lot of the the whole kind of cuisine comes from simple stuff. Mm. You know, like beautifully combined and that kind of and and. Yeah, not wasting. You know, it's it's kind of a almost sort of peasant food tradition. You know, it's kind of it's that. So it seems it seems strange almost. They're like, did it would did it did it seem like it would be rude? To, yes, it did. It did. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, again, I I if anybody listening is Italian, any, please yeah, please reach out. I would love to learn more explain, about why. Yeah. Explain why. Yeah, it's doggy it's bags are not a such a no no. Thing. Yeah. I will start to sort of draw things a little bit to a close, but I was I wanted to ask you what your plans are because you're you're doing a lot of a lot of stuff at the moment. You know, you've got this um the research and the you know, the lecturing and the advising companies and mm -hmm. the UN pass and the food doctor and I I your plans to sort of progress all of these things? Are you what are your plans? What are you what are you um hoping to do with all of these things? Um 
okay, the really obvious cheesy answer is make an impact. Um, all, my, of the, all of these things are, yeah. are kind of impactful, aren't they? They're... That's honestly, that's where I get my my drive from. Um, mm. I People always get job satisfaction from different things. Mine is from knowing that whatever I do might make an impact. Mm. Um, for me, the biggest areas of that are the food waste doctor and the work with the UN FAO side of things um so I think that's what I will be focusing on driving in the future um Mm. particularly the food waste doctor I love the work that I'm doing with consumers and I love working with them and seeing that moment that they're like wow this is something I'm going to be shouting from the rooftops about I love seeing that um so I've got loads of different stuff coming up in terms of um, talks at events and workshops that I'm doing with local communities to teach them how to cook with what they have. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on a cookbook that talks about using how you can use the food that you have and yeah, um, yeah more more of the food waste doctor stuff. Mm. Um, so that's, that's my passion point. That's where I would love to keep driving um, and, and see how far I can get with it really. That sounds fantastic and yeah yeah I, I think there's there's an opportunity kind of to scale up the impact as well I think if you're dealing with people you know there's like we've talked about the kind of scale of the the food waste being in the home or so you know on that side of things and potentially with the food waste doctor you can kind of reach a lot of people and change behaviors I mean that's mm. that really could have a huge impact so that's the goal I tend to finish with um, sort of slightly more quickfire questions, a bit more general. Okay. Um, just throw a few things at you and oh. just for fun. Should and I be nervous? No, not at all. <laughs> uh, this is, and, and just um, to kind of draw it to a close. And so I thought I'd ask you, in the context of food, if I say success, who do you think of and why? Food. Oh, success. Um... Oh no, I can't think of anyone. My mind's gone blank. Do you have a kind of food hero? Anybody that you... Uh... Oh, uh, Deliciously Ella. Deliciously Ella. I love Deliciously Ella. Mm. Um, I think that... Oh, she's... It's such a cliche, but she's she's an inspiration in terms of... She's so amazingly successful, but more than that, she's successful on her own terms. She mm. has... The same as I think how I feel about food waste and driving it and, and making more people care about it. She's done that with plants. Like, right. her whole thing is let's make plants cool and yeah. and make people love them. And I think that's awesome. Brilliant. Um, what's your favourite thing to do that has nothing to do with food? Probably walk my dogs. That's yeah. <laughs> so that a really lame answer. No, no. They, they are they're awesome. And Thank they look you. a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> so, I just, yeah. I, we, we have, like, we're so lucky to live so near the coast. So just yeah. taking them along the beach in the mornings. Mm. Oh, yeah, love it. I tend to ask this of people a bit like older, but I'm going to ask you anyway because I think there's plenty has, has happened in maybe the last ten years. If you could pick up the phone and talk to your twenty year old self, what would you say to her? Keep doing what you care about. I think it's just very easy to be put off and you you can you can get scared of whether or not what you really care about and what you really love doing is going to give you all the things that you want in life because mm. i i love traveling and i'm a foodie i like to go to restaurants um and all of these things they they cost yeah. um so there there have definitely been times in my life when i've thought about kind of selling out and just getting basically any job that would take me and I'm so glad now that I didn't I love the stuff that I'm doing with the food waste doctor and it's I'm just really glad that I didn't give in to that fear Mm. but so keep on yeah yeah exactly just kind of just don't be so scared because it's going to be okay Mm. brilliant um I think we'll leave it there I think we've we've covered masses of stuff and I found that fascinating so thank, thank you. you very much I've never I really never kind of delved into the 
this kind of this packaging food waste thing like that you know certainly not in that kind of detail so well it's, it's lovely been... to talk to somebody who is interested rather than my students who are probably just <laughs> on their phones yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> am really... i getting attendance credit for this yeah tick. <laughs> no, fascinating and i'm sure people you know people that listen into this find this kind of chat interesting as well so that's that's really it's enlightening stuff thank you um i will put all of it into the notes when i when i sort of send it all out but i mean would you like to direct people to anything that you're doing websites anything that you do i mean if you want to suggest they do something by all means do but if yeah. you want yeah um well yeah you can get more tips on reducing food waste information on the environmental impacts and some recipes mm -hmm. on food waste reduction um by just searching at the food waste doctor on um instagram facebook and twitter um or check out the website thefoodwastedoctor.com perfect we'll leave it there thank you so much for your time it has been fascinating no problem brilliant thank you